Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Howdy, folks. Welcome back to the show. It's Titus, Travis, and Talon today. We are going to do another, um, I don't know what the proper term we've been using. It's been the tips for mentors, but it's kind of good for beginners, too, so I don't want to turn off any beginners to this <coughs> episode, but First I, would, I would like to say um, this episode is brought to you by Pattern Pack Ammo, and Travis, why don't you tell us about that? Well, it's a phenomenal idea, and it's really cool because patterning your shotgun is very important. So what Pattern Pack allows you to do is select whatever shells you want from the major manufacturers, and they will customize it to you and put it in a box and ship it to you direct. And you can have whatever size shot you want, whatever length. And, and pick the right ammo for your gun. Pick and the right ammo, and that way you won't have to buy 20 different boxes mm -hmm. of 25 each or 10 if you want to shoot the bismuth or tungsten, and they will deliver it directly to your to you. So it's I got good news about California. He just texted me a couple days ago, and now it, we are in the green for California. Sweet. And that was all done through a lawyer. They got that all figured out. So... If you're from California, I knew I got a lot of emails about that. Like, what are we going to do? He actually got it figured out way quicker than he expected. So great news. You guys can talk to them, contact them, and see what they've got worked out. I don't know all the details, but he definitely said it's they got it legal, and they're working on FFLs right now for and the website several is? different locations. PatternPackAmmo.com. Go check them out. And when you do order your box, whether you're in California, Alabama, New Jersey, Florida, wherever you're at, put in MVM at checkout and you get 10% off your box. So 
That being said, also we want to say thank you to uh, Old Town Canoe and Kayak. We thank you, for, thank them for their support. They're also doing a really big uh, collaboration deal for us at the Flyways Collective, and uh, I, I love that kayak. I love their I love their gear. They have some other great ideas that just came out. You can actually put a motor on it because it's way it's a flat back in the back, so you can mount a, <clears throat> a small uh, motor to it. And put a transom on there, so it's pretty slick. Yeah, and I got to use it for the first time on that river hunt. Yeah, and I was very impressed. Yeah, with tracks, with, tracks, really tracks, good. tracks, awesome. So uh, that's all we got to say about that. Um, we're gonna jump right into this one. And I excuse me for keep clearing my throat. I'm actually getting better, better believe it or not. Really, I'm just starting to get it. You know, my my um, annual Your November cough. yeah scratchy throat cough mm-hmm. thing. You're getting it. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that. Do we get it every about, year? I get it every year about this time. That cold air in your throat, a and month stuff. and a half, just feels like a little tickle right in the, it's right there, and um, feels like there's an eyelash stuck in my throat, and I cough and <laughs> nothing happens. I just cough. Yeah, it's a bad time to have that too because everybody gives you the. Yeah, well, when you're talking to people, you know, you lie. <laughs> you start coughing and. Yeah, COVID. I was asked twice if I had COVID. I'm like, come on, guys. Would I be? I here? worked with you for the last month. Exactly. I never had a... So let's get in. And you know what's irritating? As I've I haven't coughed once all day. As soon as we start this, now I'm starting to hack <coughs> my lungs. I've up. coughed all day. It's annoying. So I'm doing way better. But anyways, let's get into it. So how to be uh, a good mentor and kind of how to work with a mentor if you're a newer duck hunter. If you don't have one, we're trying to gonna give you tips and help. So uh, this is the first one for this part three of this. Is it says let's eat. So this is what it says. Every expert we interviewed, including Righam Wright, President Owner, Matthew Cagle, talked about the importance of ample food for first hunts. So I'm, this is not up my alley because <laughs> I never bring food. I never very eat very often unless it's super slow. And Travis has never offered me a Lunchable. So, uh, But this is what it says. New hunters of all ages appreciate good food in the blind. <clears throat> Depending on the hunt, we try to provide good breakfast and lunch in the rig. I can say I've never honestly did, did that. We may whip up breakfast sandwiches in the galley. Listen to what he says, though. In the galley or on the boat blind. We do not have those luxuries of sweet setup blinds. I'm sorry. If you're new and you go hunting with us, you'd be lucky if you... You might get some gummy bears or whatever the one <laughs> yeah, you, you might like. get gummy yeah. bears or yeah. maybe a Mountain Dew. But... And a Red Bull. That's about it. Yeah. If you're, if you're lucky, you know. Yeah, if you're lucky. If Travis is there, you might get a Lunchable. If you're lucky. Yeah. Explain to us why, though, we don't really have that. Well, I mean, like this season, I don't... There was one day I hunted all day long, I think. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we're refuge hunting. You know, we'll take, a, we'll take a sled, our decoys, and, I mean, I'm pretty much packed to the hilt. And we're standing in water. Yeah, it's not like I can whip out a table <laughs> and, and whip you up a sandwich right there or, you know... Um, and I'm not going to wake up even earlier to make you breakfast burritos and wrap them in foil so they're hot for you. Oh, come um, on, Josh. <laughs> what kind of mentor is that? <laughs> but if we get done early enough, I mean, we could stop by the taco truck and yeah, you know, I'll get, get, you get a Asada Supreme burrito and California style roach yeah, coach right huh? there. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't had a roach coach burrito, Asana burrito, you got to go to California <laughs> just for that. I, we call them roach coaches because I mean, I've never actually seen a cockroach in there. But they call them roach coaches. That's just the name for them. And I guess some of them probably do have them in there. 
Um, but I've never tasted one. I've got a few crunchy things in my burrito. <laughs> but hey, that's that protein. Was ba- that was probably bacon. Just pretend it was bacon. <laughs> I don't hey, know. you know what? The, what they are is they're mobile little pieces of heaven. Yeah, you yes. got you got this. So basically, you got truck. this. You got this little truck, and um, typically there's uh people from from um Hispanic descent um that work in there, and they offer uh burritos, tacos, tortas, and you can get asada, which is like. I don't know what it's called. It's meat. It's beef. You can get lingua, right? Which is tongue. Tongue. You can cabeza. get cabeza. That's cabeza brains. is brain. <laughs> Pastor. Pastor is what? Pork. Pork. And then they got chicken. Polo, which is chicken, po- right? Po- oh, yeah. Pollo. 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 Okay. Po-yo. I call it polo, like Marco <laughs> Polo, but I guess that's wrong. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you're ever in California. Actually, you know, I take that back. Cabe- cabeza isn't brains. What is that's it? just the head meat, I believe. I don't want to. I know there's some. Okay. I don't know. Guys, I listen. Don't to, no, that's not true. What What is the brain brains one called? That's nasty. I don't know. I've never ordered it. I have tasted the lingua, which is the tongue, and it's like really soft. I like it. I, it's not my. I like not my thing. Well, uh, some of you guys are getting grossed out right now. If you come out with us, we will treat you to that, and we won't make you eat the brains or nothing, nothing like that. Nah, so. We gotta try the asada. I mean, that's that's really good. Yeah. What's your favorite, Tom? I like asada. Asada, yeah. Uh, chicken at times. And then uh, the one right there by M&A, they got good lingua. So good lingua. They do. L- That's lingua the first tacos. time where I had them, yeah. Yeah. I haven't ate Legrand's. Legrand is by far the best mm. taco truck, but mm-hmm. it's not near a refuge, so that's the only bummer. But um, no, I mean, asada all the way, though, usually. Yeah. And speaking of food, while we're on the subject, the other day, Taylin, um, she decided to cook some duck. And no offense, but... It was better than yours. <laughs> it was. Oh, it good. was good, dude. It was, it awesome. was awesome. And it was. You've never had my good duck, though. I've had it where you cooked it in the in the in the duck fat. That was good. And I don't, uh, I don't know how she did you? this, but it Just was good flavoring. Yeah, she the uh, flavor and it was soft like lingua, mm. it, like the tongue. It was very soft. I don't know how she got it so soft. She's good. She watched. But uh, it was good. She tried the method. Whew. So have you ever seen Gogu Foods Mm-mm. on YouTube? So he's like a big steak guy. Mm-hmm. But um, what he does is called. I believe it's called dry brine, where uh-huh, yeah. you, you have the rack and then you have the air where it could circulate around. And she mm-hmm. put salt on the duck, and I mean, it was in there for a day and a half. Mm-hmm. And then she just seasoned it up with some steak rub and cooked it that way. How'd she cook on the frying pan? Um, the no, on the barbecue. Okay. And, I mean, she only, just did medium or what? Or she cooked Yeah, I mean, it was cooked perfectly. I, I'm i not for sure. I think it was more like a medium. Really not, good, though, huh? Really good, dude. It, I was, mean, like, huh. it was awesome. Awesome. I couldn't believe it. Isn't that nice though? Eating something for years, yeah. we always struggled with it. Like, yeah, I mean, oh. I tried it different ways, and I just never could get the right flavor. And yeah. I, I know I was overcooking it because it was yeah. like yeah. chewing on. Yeah, I cooked a, some the other old day. Old boot, but um, it was it was really good. I mean, no, it's so easy to overcook. It is very it really easy. is. Yeah, this was actually you know slightly bloody in the middle, but it was it was perfect. I made some for the guys at work. I duck hunted and went straight to work and. Uh, Rusted out that mallard. Any of you guys that follow us on Instagram, you've seen it. Everybody was like, man, that looks so good. It was incredible. I literally, out of two big mallard breasts, I got two little pieces, and I cut them into short slivers, and they ate the whole thing. <laughs> they and they're like, dude, this has no gamey taste. I can't believe how good this is. And it had a good layer of fat on it. Yeah. And I just did a medium. I almost, almost overcooked it. It was just a little over medium, and I don't like that much, but it was so good, man. Yeah. I was really impressed. But, oh, but- uh, good news is... Um, uh, oh my! Hit my goodness! His brain, his uh, name just went blank out of my head. Um, 
Hank Shaw's coming back on the podcast. Oh, okay. Awesome. So if any of you guys haven't heard that episode, look for the one that says Hank Shaw on it. It's uh, Never Cook Duck Wrong Again. I don't remember what episode, but you've got to go back and listen to that if you're new to the podcast. The guy will, you'll be drooling driving down the road listening to this episode, and you'll want to cook the duck. Like, you won't just throw it into turkey or whatever. You'll want to do some fancy stuff with it. And he also has a book, too. But anyways, all right, let's move on to the next one. That's cool to hear. I'm going to have to tell Tannen. She's going to have to make that yeah, she's, for me. Yeah, she's going to have to cook some up for you. <clears throat> the next one is Don't Fake It. I really like this one. Um, I wouldn't have even thought of this myself. But the role of a mentor is to provide guidance and answers. But if your mentee comes up with a question you can't answer, don't fake it. Find out the right answer together. That's so true because if you've been – don't you feel like you're always kind of learning as a duck hunter? It's a constant learning little, experience, little tweaks. Yeah. yeah. Decoy. I mean, just everything. Just like, different things. You can just always get better. We've talked about that. Yeah. But, like, I could see to where somebody – just because you've been doing it for 20 years and this guy's he's on his first duck hunt – don't be too proud. Remind myself. Don't be too proud to say, you know what? Honestly, I don't really know. Like, I don't, I don't know. Let's find out. Let's look it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's a really that was a really good point because I know a lot of people could just be like, make something up. And honestly, that's you're doing yourself a just uh, a disservice, a disservice or an injustice. And so do the person that's new because they're gonna take your word for whatever you say. They don't have a clue. Yeah. I could tell Robert or Michael or anybody. I could just make something up so random, and they would never know the difference till they learn later. Yeah, you know they'd have to figure it out down the road. Yeah, so which, if you're an honest person, you're not going to do that anyways. That just just be honest with it and open. And I mean, because sometimes like duck ID, like that that could be one of them. You don't want to maybe some guys don't want to look like they don't know what it is, and, you, and the new guys definitely not going to know because I've seen I went out there with guys that everything's a mallard to them. Oh, there's a mallard. I, I or they go hunting by themselves, and I know some people. You know, they go <laughs> they go out there by themselves, and uh, I've never seen so many mallards. And I'm like thinking, there's not even mallards at that refuge. So I know you definitely <laughs> weren't seeing mallards, and that's just part of being new. Is honestly, I struggled for a long time doing duck ID until I used to get so annoyed at you because you could see so far. Until I finally realized you just have incredible eyesight, plus you're very good at bird ID, like really good. And I would always irritate me because if I thought it was something else and you would say this, I'm like, no way. I know. And now I know, like, I don't even question you. I mean, I know you could no. be wrong. He could be wrong sometimes. For the most it's part, not, he's not. No. It's very, very, I mean, it's, it's very rare. It's crazy. It's, it's stupid. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, I have been blessed I, with, with you know <laughs> far far vision. My close vision's going, and but Talon, I mean, like I don't think he can even read the stop sign. No, I, I have, mean he did not inherit my eyes. I put a lot of faith and trust <laughs> in his idea, <laughs> especially to point out the Jakes because I mean, um, I can't see nothing anymore mm -hmm. unless I have my glasses. But like uh, at Delvin, I mean, I had to I had to have you tell me which one was the Drake because I couldn't pick it out. I just was like, okay, I'll. Yeah, he's like the front one, so I'd focus on the front one. Well, I think what what helped me with a lot of duck ID is a lot of observation because growing up, um, as you know, where I grew up, there was uh, some sewer ponds not over less than a quarter mile from my house, and um, they didn't always smell the greatest. But literally, I had a pair of binoculars, and I would say probably at least I don't know. Couple hundred days a year, mm. I was over there just bird watching. Really? Yeah, I mean that's that's all I did. I mean, I, that's what I did for fun. I mean, I didn't have 
Um, you know, I didn't play video games. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I played play some sports, but that's not what I did all the time. So, you know, after school, I'd take my, my BBM pellet gun and I'd, there was a canal over there and I would just go over there and walk over there and um, terrorize the local wildlife, <laughs> <laughs> ground squirrels and jackrabbits. And I'm always had a pair of binoculars with me and I would uh, search the sewer ponds for, you know, ducks. There was a lot of cans out there, mallards. Um, only saw one pair of pintails my whole life out there. Really? But cinnamon teal, I mean, literally, this thing was so close to our house that when I was a kid before the housing development started around us, I remember playing uh, football in the street with kids in the neighborhood and cinnamon teal be flying down the road as low mm. as the stoplights. Mm-hmm. They'd come down the road. And um, so, yeah, I, I did that's a lot crazy. lot of observation and seen a lot of lot of birds. And so I think that helped me with the ID. And, and that's what's cool about having a good mentor such as yourself as you bird ID them in flight and me starting to build up that picture, that side picture memory, you're like, okay, that's what that cementil looks like in flight. That's what a pentel looks like in flight. I remember, I, I can remember back and you say, yeah, I see the elongated neck, you know, for the pentel. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes you couldn't see the pin, but if you could just tell the neck and the way they flap their wings and, and oh, that's a mallard, look how they do this and that. And it's like, everything goes right in the memory bank and you start, okay, okay, okay. And you, but it takes a long time because, over and over and over and over, you got to have that repetition. Yeah. And that's what helps you. I mean, obviously, if they're 40 yards and the sun's on them, it's very easy. I'm talking about when they're 200 yards away and it's an overcast day and they look like a black silhouette. Or first thing in the morning. When yeah, first thing in the morning. Yeah. And even I'm, then, that's hard. I mean, know? when I was first started, when you first took me out, I mean, for two or three years, I was a non-shooter. Mm-hmm. So having watching them do that, I mean, it took me a good two years to even oh, learn, yeah. how to, learn how to even start telling what they were but i think that was a definitely definitely a big big key and you helped you learn help me learn way faster whereas a guy that goes out there yeah by himself that's never had a mentor it could take years yeah yeah and like i said too growing up um you know some people probably think this is this is really crazy but growing up we never had a tv in our home mm-hmm. um it wasn't until I was a teenager that we even had uh, videos in our home. There was no YouTube back then. Mm-hmm. So literally, I would just pour over magazines and, like I said, going out there and um, you'll get books about ducks and that, that was my life. I mean, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, seeing seeing photos of stuff, you know, and being able to tell what stuff is, that, that really helped. And for new people, you know what I'm saying, a lot of times, like you said, they don't know. So, like we talked about before, going out to the refuge and going on the uh, waterfowl tour route with a pair of binoculars, um, you know, maybe just getting you a guide mm-hmm. if if you're really new. Um, they have these little guides that tell you what kind of ducks these are, mm-hmm. and um, that's a, that's a good way. Those are especially good. if there's a local refuge and you. Can I walk, have one of those books. Yeah, you can go around just drive around with a pair of binoculars. Yeah, so if you don't have a mentor, don't get disgruntled. You know, like don't feel discouraged because yeah. if you spend enough time, like you're saying, with binoculars. Because you really didn't either. I mean, you went with your Uncle Randy, yeah. but you, you were just lo- so passionate about it that you spent a lot of time studying it, and that's yeah. probably how you got really good yeah, at it, too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You're still, you still do that all the time. You're naming off all these birds that we don't even have here. Like, look at that. That's that. You know every name of every type of every duck bird there in is. The world. Yeah, even other birds that aren't even waterfowl. So it's pretty cool. So, all right, here's a huge one. We will you'll touch on it fast because it's plain and simple, but it's super important is safety on. It says no matter where you're hunting, a safety review is always important. In the excitement of anticipation, it calms 
and focuses everyone. Throughout the hunt, double-check safeties are on and reinforce safety procedures. Make sure everyone knows who will call the shot, safe shooting zones, and what to do when birds are retrieved. So all of those. <clears throat> yeah, I have, probably drove my kids nuts when they when we first started hunting because I would always ask them, is your safety on? Uh-huh. Did you harp on that quite a bit? I did. I yeah. did, yeah. And, um, I mean, growing up, like, I always had, like I talked about, I had a BB gun when I was, like, five years old. And, um, I mean, I grew up with guns, and my kids, they grew up with guns their whole life since they were Five, five, yeah. They had you know BB guns and they probably even had twenty twos. But um, yeah, just safety. You know, treat every gun like it's loaded, um, that sort of thing. And it's and they like they say, a safety gun that always kills somebody. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and you can never be too too uh, safety minded or cautious no. when about guns. Um, I mean, like. I, I'm even still paranoid about now. Like when I'm walking back from a hunt, I make sure my action's open. Mm. It's just habit, I guess, I've gotten into. Mm. You know, and if I'm if I'm carrying somebody else's gun, um, sometimes you know, like if Talon's pushing the cart, I'll make sure that his 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 is open. Yeah, double check. And then I always ask him. I mean, he's he's almost 20 years old, and I ask him all the time, "Hey, is your gun unloaded?" You know, it's just being conscious. Being <laughs> conscious of it, you know. Well, that's the thing. It's not that you're not trusting somebody. I, I've seen people with me that I've said something to, and they get a little bit offended about yeah. it. And I'm like, man, I, w- I wouldn't get offended if you yeah. asked me that. In fact, when you do that, I'll double check. And um, yeah. I've 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 actually been around some accidents, some ac- accidental. Um, yeah, you told me that you did, the, we talked about it before. You said that you was around somebody that was an actual an actual accidental discharge. Yeah, that was a. Freaky, dude. Yeah. I went off on that person. No, safety's because even as like as a guide for clients, um, a lot of times we'll, we'll our most important thing is to double check the rifle every time we put it in the scabbard. I mean, this year I had a client actually. He, I go, "Was your gun unloaded?" He's like, "Yeah, it's unloaded." I'm like, "I'm just gonna double check it in case." I mean, I opened the bolt and it was sitting right there in the pipe. So it's just thank you for installing that safety because it's just like it's always in the back of your mind. Just yeah. make yeah. sure. I mean, so. it only takes one bullet to, to change your life and somebody else's yeah, life forever. Exactly. Here's the thing. Again, going back to what you said, and I fly for a, a local air ambulance company just as the pilot. I don't do none of the medical stuff in the back. But I'll tell you from experience of picking patients up, I have picked people up that have been shot, complete accidents. And to verify what we're saying um, about you saying always treat a gun as loaded because what I another thing I it bugs me so bad and I and I, it might have get people irritated at me it's like just because your action's open and your gun is confirmed that it's empty you still don't let it swing over people or dogs or or anybody yeah because you don't it, it just don't do it it's a good if you avoid to get to, it, always treat every gun like it's loaded. And going back, and going back to, to well, that. let me t- let me tell the story though. So this is what happened. This guy, him and his buddy, two good friends, were walking down a trail hunting. We picked him up, and I'll tell you what happened. I'll be graphic about it. They're walking down uh, one in front of the other down a trail. The guy said his gun was on safety, and I I honestly believe him because you can still have a discharge if your gun's on safety if it hits hard enough. He tripped. He thought it was. He knew his gun was loaded, but he knew it was on safety. He tripped. He fell forward, dropped the gun. And the gun went off and shot the guy right in the oh between the legs. Oh oh, and blew him off. Oh, 
He about bled out to death out there oh, in the mountains. We horrible. picked him up in the mountains, flew him back, and uh, I, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what the end result wow. of that was, but he about bled out. His, his buddy dropped a gun that was on safe, and it just charged him about and blew him guys' junk off. Ouch. <laughs> so... Go tell what you were gonna say. Sorry, oh, no, to I, just I just saying, wanted to finish. No, that. no, that's cool. No, you know. mine, mine is not that graphic or anything. But growing up as a kid, um, you know, we played cowboys and Indians, cops and robbers. But I was never allowed mm-hmm. to even point a toy gun at somebody. Right, I could point my finger at. I him, wasn't either. But as far as like having fake, you know, back in the day, you could buy cat pistols and yeah. you know all these really cool, cool looking guns. That now you got orange stuff all over them, and they look like piece of plastic and junk but ours looked real and um yeah i could never even point that at, at somebody in play which i must not listen very well because i didn't wasn't allowed to do that but then i've had lots of bb gun fights <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know i have had paintball gun fights. fall off and so you know what what um the the dentist that i used to work for when i was a dental hygienist um we played some paintball and he was very very safety conscious with paintball guns um when you're and just it, was, it was great yeah he didn't we i mean you could you had to have the, the barrel sleeve over the gun, you know, never have your finger on the trigger. Even paintball, you know what I'm saying? Um, because they could be just as deadly as mm-hmm. a as a gun if you hit somebody in the eye or you know, the temple or something like that. And so he really practiced the the safety thing and I really appreciated that. It was it was good to see that somebody else was really safety conscious. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just a good habit to get into. Yeah. For sure. All right, let's do one more. Um <clears throat> the next one is pay attention. New hunters thrive on positive attention. If your other hunting companions agree to focus on making the trip fun for the newcomer, it's okay to hunt as part of a group. Your main focus should be on helping the new hunter enjoy the experience. If that means you don't uncase your gun, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I know what Travis is already. <laughs> no, but for reals, though, that depends too on the age and if what you, the situation. So I'm, I'm not laughing saying you. We're being greedy and we won't let people shoot. But, um, it says, or at least don't shoot. Well, that's a good, that's being a good mentor. I was kind of thinking this a little different way though. I mean, that's part of it too. Like if you're taking a young hunter out or whatever, and you, I, I said that the other time, you really need to spend time with that person, you know, hunting with them and stuff. But be, as far as paying attention and stuff, you do, you do, if you're going to take someone new out there, you do kind of, kind of got to focus on them and pay attention to them and see how their spirits are too, because, um, and I, I know we it, it can, it's hard to compare two different groups here. If you got a ten year old kid or you got a thirty year old guy, your sensitivity ain't gonna be there as much for the thirty year old, obviously, as a ten year old. You know, if the kid's cold. If you take them out in the middle of winter and they're freezing the rear end off, I mean, you can't. You do got to pay attention now. If you're thirty yeah. and you're telling me your little fingers are cold, <laughs> I don't know how much sensitivity <laughs> I'm gonna have at you, but. Uh, I think you just do got to pay attention yeah. to that new hunter and kind of, you know. And I think I was always harder on my kids. Oh, for you, sure, I'm sure. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm sure those days at town, I was like, they would be like, I'm ready to go home, you know. And I'm like, no, just just one more hour, one more hour or whatever. I've heard one more hour so many times. But um, but you can't help it when you. Yeah, no, I, I told you. Just like, <laughs> as a little kid, you're just sitting there and you're like, okay, this is cold. Mm-hmm. Fingers hurt. I'm tired. And then you're just like, I'm ready to go home, but no, sitting there. I mean, one more hour. It was, I enjoyed it though. No, 
even though you were rough sometimes i still it was still fun yeah i guess because you, you don't you want your kids to be tough you know mm-hmm. and um is it that trash or are you just greedy because you want to stay another hour no, no. I mean, you just stayed another hour just to train your kids. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't always about a learning experience. <clears throat> no, I know, just you. But, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. You need to pay pay whoever you're with attention, and you know, it's okay if uh, they shoot the birds and I don't. Oh, we well, you know, in all reality, we have talked about that. And how awesome was that? With like Caleb shooting that, like that didn't that bother was none of I us. Wish, I wish he would have awesome. shot the whole, the I know, whole thing, but he I know. wanted the video. I wish he would have shot the whole time, you know, or, yeah. or whatever, because um, that was a really fun and and neat experience. And um, the only time I think I, I didn't probably exemplify patience or, you know, probably good practices is when uh, when when Colton started hunting on junior hunts and then Talon and then mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> There wasn't very much patience. Or <laughs> I'd be like, calmness. "How did you miss? You know, <laughs> you guys shoot horrible." There was a lot of yelling, <laughs> lots of screaming <laughs> on Junior screaming. Hunts. But that was the only time I really probably just like really, you know. And I think it's because I couldn't shoot. But it, but the and way you guys you've hunted with him enough, I don't think it really emotionally hurt you guys. No, like, not at I, all. I, I Are never, you scarred? No, Are you no, scarred? no. Because there's a difference between well, someone's e- legitimately e- <clears throat> mad at you. Yeah. You know? No, I like, was, I've he, never been mad. I've never been no. mad. No, but he's always since I mean since just we, running his mouth since talking we, trash. Since basically. we started shooting, me and Colton, I mean he's always trash talked us. Yeah, I mean like our first hunt, we'd miss a bird. He's like, "How do you miss that?" It's oh, like, yeah. like I've heard that many yeah, we, times. We've yeah. got plenty of trash talking, but I don't know. I think that that comes from more too is and maybe I don't know. Europe has different parenting styles or whatever, but I always wanted my kids to feel like they that. They had a friend out there, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Not somebody that's just like, you know, it's, it's our time to get away and just be, I'm still your dad, but I'm your friend too. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, I'm going to razz you. I'm going to, you know, make you feel like you, you know, you're with me and you're not like, hey, you don't know what you're doing or whatever. But I, you know, just razz them to have fun and, and be, be, be there for them. Yeah. And, you know, I've razzed you guys and you guys razzed oh, me. Oh, yeah. that's but you know, what I have noticed, though, as I've gotten older, I've, I'm getting more razzing than before. <laughs> it's, I mean, coming from, back, it's coming back to good. bite you. All all sides. <laughs> I mean, guys that thought were my close friends, <laughs> um, you know, people I confided in. I get razzed by, by everybody now. Yeah, it's come back to bite you. I mean, you. it's just like, you see what you started. Oh you started out with goodness. a couple people, and now you're getting razzed by like ten and twelve people. You don't even have a chance. Poor I know. Guy. Yeah, and, I need and, to start taking your and, what kind of friend. Am I? If, <laughs> if it was the truth, if everything was the truth, it wouldn't be as bad. But I mean, these are absolutely like lie, false lies. They're like Joe Biden lies. Oh, <laughs> 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 not that is straight up lies. <laughs> these are these are these are Biden lies. <laughs> yeah, so. All right. Well, we're. I guess we're gonna wrap that this up here. We get, still got a ton more to cover. We'll probably have two or three more episodes on this. But uh, thank you guys for being patient. You probably some people probably mad at me like, "What in the world?" Because every I release every Monday and Thursday, and this week I didn't do it till Tuesday and Friday. So I apologize for getting a little bit behind, but we're getting caught back up. So thanks, guys, for your patience. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you on the next one. We're excited. Let's go, baby!